Hello everybody, I am Spencer Smith and this is The Unspoken Herd. Today we are going to be talking to the principal of Buffalo Grove High School, Mr. Wordle, about different things about Corona and etc. Today he is going to be playing our new game, Trust Your Gut, where we give him five rapid fire questions to answer on the spot. Along with that, we will also be introducing our new segment called Behind the Bison. With all that being said, let's dive in. Started. So first of all, how are you doing today? Really good. Like yeah. No, thanks for having me on this. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, sure. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think it's been a long ride since around March, even not just this year. And I think it's important to kind of think about what's going on throughout the minds of different people, um, regardless of what field they might be in. And a big question we would have for you is, what has it been like being a principal of a big high school like this during something so so unique, so to speak? Sure, I think that's a, a great question. Um, I'm sure different perspectives. I know some of you in here are, are freshmen and junior and then principals, so we all have unique experiences. Um, for me, you know, when I think about the reason why I'm even in education or, or work at a high school is because just the life of a high school, the energy, um, the passions of the students, the professional community that you have with your colleagues and, and the teachers and the staff here. And when, when that's, you know, stripped away, at least a lot of the relational side, oh, yeah. um, it's, it's a very different feel than you know, why I went into, went into this in the first place. And so um, at first it was, honestly, it was just really slow and quiet. Um, but a lot of meticulous planning to make sure things were safe. So there was a lot of emphasis on the safety side of it at first, um, trying to go right to quickly and from you know learning the way we've always learned and the way we've always taught as staff uh, into remote virtual settings you know, at almost a snap of a finger without knowing that it was coming that fast. Um, I think there have been some really neat innovations because of it. I think we've learned a lot as teachers uh, about how to do and how to make our curriculum more um, uh, I think enjoyable online. Sure. Um, I think we realize how much we miss relationships and how much we miss the energy of kids in the classroom. And I know um, that I'm looking forward to that and so are so many of the teachers. Um, and then just the, the amount of planning and I can't believe how fast organizations like the governor's office or the Department of Public Health can change their criteria yeah. almost yeah. every week. So it's like we're always trying to make sure we're up ahead of the game and even trying to guess what would be coming, and sometimes we guess well, sometimes we did not, but always looking at how do we make sure we can do everything we can to get kids back here as soon as possible. Yeah, I remember towards actually the beginning of the pandemic when schools first shut down, me thinking when they first announced that we were gonna be going all virtual, which was something I had never even heard of before right. in the entire classroom setting, my first thought was, how is this realistically gonna be done properly? And I feel like at the beginning there was just so much we didn't know, which led to there being so much confusion. I know, and I think that's really a big thing in general to think about. Like everything you had, you, any staff at really any school had to go through uh, regarding this pandemic. And speaking of that, like, what would you say is the most difficult part, or has been the most difficult part, of being a principal during a time like this since it started? Yeah, I, I think I would say again there are probably two. One is um, missing the ability to just connect informally with with staff. Mm -hmm. um, I really enjoy walking around, jumping into classes, catching staff on breaks, um, kind of getting the pulse of the school. Sure. And there was uh, to be 
to be honest, there's a time like I felt probably a little more unconnected, disconnected from staff than I've mm-hmm. ever felt in my career. Sure. Um, of course, you know, we didn't see each other. Um, we walked around in resource rooms and they were empty because people were by themselves in the room where they could, you know, take a mask off or, uh, or plan and, and feel safe. So that was one of the harder aspects. I'm just a relational person and I, and I, I just feed off of that. I get energy off of relationships. Um, so that was definitely a, a difficult part on a personal side. I think professionally, um, I want to provide exactly what my staff needs when they need it and in a manner that's useful for them. Mm-hmm. And in this, I had never done remote learning or virtual learning. Neither had my staff. That's so we were learning together. So there was a, a commonality that was, um, I think, good and exciting about that. But there was also the feeling of, I wish I knew more. I wish I could give you the answers. Um, and I didn't have them mm-hmm. always. And I just had to be honest about that. Yeah. And that, again, there is a lot of, I mean, first there's some misinformation, then there's a lot of confusion. I feel like that's really what's, what led to just, they, not not there being panic, but there being so much, oh my God, what are we going to do? Yeah. Because no one knew what was going to happen. Because this something like this had never, I mean, has not happened since, what, I think something like 1918? No, you're right. 1918, right, the Spanish flu. Yeah. Um, and I have, uh, my, my grandmother is 104. Oh, wow. So she was yeah. born just before the Spanish flu, and, you know, she's made it through two so far. She's still, yeah, she's yeah. still kicking. Yeah, um, but, yeah, such a long time ago. So we've never done this before in education. Um, mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like you said, things just have changed so, much. Um, so quickly. Yeah. We've just had to uh, adapt really kind of on the, on the fly. I think we learned more than ever how out of control we are Oh yeah. Um, as people, whether it's you guys as students or myself as a principal or as, as staff members, like there are things we can control and things we cannot. Mm-hmm. And I think we've learned to enjoy the things that we can't control. Yeah. One thing I've noticed is how quickly humans can adapt to mm-hmm. the situations they're put in. Yes. Because again, we didn't, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know what was happening. But as a society, we were so quick to adjust what we were doing and work our lives around the virus in such a quick amount of time. And I feel like that's one of the key things that allowed us to be in the place we are, which is very bad, but nowhere even close, I feel like, where we were at this point in time, back in something like the Spanish flu pandemic, which I believe millions, millions were dead, which is very unfortunate. Um, But I believe as a society in general, we've kind of evolved and have learned to kind of cope with what's going on a little better even since then. This is a big thing. You know, in some ways, um, you need some kind of catalyst to have mm-hmm. change and have quick change. Um, and this has been a catalyst, I think, in many types of organizations and environments, but in education for sure. You know, most of our staff had gone on to have a school at G-Site and were able to mm-hmm. communicate electronically and turn in assignments to notability. Sure. But in an instant, every staff member had to, with every student for all assignments. Um, and while that was hard, it spurred on and incredible innovation and new ideas and I know some of them I'm sure will last you know moving forward now and that's a really oh, yeah. good thing and mm-hmm. so I think there are definitely the glasses have full component uh, mm-hmm. some of the aspects of, of this past year yeah yeah so, so Mr. Wardle I know you were just saying there was a lot of meticulous planning that went into making sure that you could run school even under these circumstances so I, I'm wondering um from the perspective of, of somebody who has such a big role in District 214, what did this summer look like in terms of, of planning? Could you give us a glimpse of what the summer was like? Um, sure. And I feel like week by week it changed sometimes as new updates came out. But um, can we, you know, at one point, I will say, I'll give you one example. At one point, uh, we knew that groups of 50 were the largest in any one space. 
And we had heard that, you know, six feet apart, masks on. We thought we could use face shields, and we found out we can't use face shields. It had to be face masks. We had produced thousands of face shields um, to get ready for that. Um, but the hallways. So at one point, they said any gathering more than 50 is not allowable. And they, uh, the state they considered hallways in a high school, like, uh, one location. So, like, we can't, we, can we not have more than 50 kids in the entire building? Or we thought about literally staggering end and start times of classes to have it happen and, you know, classes start and end at all different times to have the movement be maybe only a certain direction, only 50 at a time, only from maybe English social studies and social studies to, uh, and back to math. And we had all kinds of scenarios of what the, 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 the schedule could look like to try to adhere to these guidelines, mm-hmm. you know, and then we would, you know, we would talk to our state representatives and say, hey, this one doesn't work. How can we have, um, how can that be the case? And so they would then have some new legislation. So there was a lot of interaction actually downstate with Springfield, yeah. um, talking to our state represent, uh, representatives with what kind of works at the high school level. Of course, athletics was all over the place. Um, can we have summer camps? Can we not have summer camps? Are we going to have class in the fall? That still is going on. Yeah. Um, there's a big board meeting today, actually, with, um, <laughs> with the ISA. We should find out more about some athletics moving mm-hmm. forward. But... Um, it was it was planning. It's almost like a, a plan, get ready, and then wait. Because then is this still going to hold next week with the new, oh, this part will hold, this part will not. Let's try something new uh, the next time. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see what, what uh, gets announced at that IHSA meeting. Because I know yesterday uh, my PE teacher was saying a lot of uh, information about PE could be released at, the, at this meeting. Yes, and that's what we reiterated. In fact, we just um, agreed as uh, principals, all principals in the district, our superintendent, to open up in-person PE beginning tomorrow. Oh, um, really? So we're going to allow for certain classes, slow and steady, yeah. um, but certain classes that are tied to athletics and activities, we're worried about injuries and students maybe going back and jumping right back into you know, using their bodies, um, whether it be in swimming or football or basketball or yeah. badminton or whatever, um, and having, you know, played a lot of video games, frankly, yeah. <laughs> for the last six months. Um, and so we want to, you know, really help you know, kind of condition our bodies and the bodies of our athletes and, and those. And then from there, continue to move forward in a three-stage progression to allow for physical activity here back in the building as we have space and we can do it safely. Yeah. Yeah, sounds great. A question I actually have, and this is one that I'm sure you could answer, is... What has exactly impressed you the most about the way students have adapted to such a different year? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, um, I've had a, a number of students that have reached out and want to do um, different projects, and, and I see a sense of community, um, even within sticking within the rules. Let me give you a couple examples. This spring, when we first realized we were going to be home and now home, I remember the, the day the governor made the announcement that really for the rest of the school year last spring, um, we were going to be, uh, be remote. And there was a loss and there was a sadness. And then I started seeing pockets of kids actually come to the high school um, after school, even in the evenings. Um, we'd be, I'd be leaving late. Um, and they would back up their cars and open up their trunks and actually sit in the trunk of their car or the back of their SUV, just to try to find a way to be connected. They were still safe. They had their masks on. They were spread out. But they, they realized that high school is still kind of a hub of social life and community. Um, I thought that was, that was pretty neat that I got the chance to, to interact uh, with some of them. 
we knew we couldn't have a graduation ceremony the way that we have always had a graduation ceremony. For seniors, that was a really big loss. So I talked to a number of seniors, got some new ideas, we ended up doing a senior parade. It was a car parade. They could um, decorate their car as any way they wanted to, bring their family in there. A lot of them decorated with like the school they were going to attend in the fall. It was an absolute blast. Awesome. Our staff all came out. They actually went through our parking lot slowly. We announced them over the loudspeaker. We all cheered for them. And then the community set up a whole new pathway, kind of back down like Ralph and Widener in that area, back behind the school. And they continued on. And they're honking horns. People were cheering. And actually, it was, it was the innovation of having to do something different that we may have come upon a new tradition. Like, it was yeah. really enjoyable, really fun. Yeah. Um, and the kids were really, it was, it was an idea that they came up with. They were um, excited about it. Um, they enjoyed it, had a good time. Um, and even just this, this past week, I have a group of students who are asking to start a virtual online tutoring club for the elementary schools that feed into Buffalo Grove High School. Oh, interesting. So just, you know, I, I think while they're missing, we're missing community in here, there still is a sense of purpose that we're part of a larger community and they want to be involved in that and they're finding innovative ways, innovative ways to do that in a different way. Yeah, yeah. I remember... Um, how bummed out I was in a way, how I felt like I was almost missing out when I found out I wasn't going to be having an 8th grade graduation. Yeah. So I could just imagine the way the seniors felt. Because 8th grade, you know, it's something to graduate. Cause high school, that's like... It's a bigger one. Yeah, that's yeah. much bigger. And I, I, I'm very happy that you were able to do something that commemorated that occasion so much. Because even my school, the school I went to, they didn't do anything. Which was kind of unfortunate, even though other schools were. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad you guys were able to do something so nice like that. It was great. It took a lot of planning, a lot of thought, yeah. and being outside the box. But um, yeah, they're such an important group every year in the senior class, um, the legacy that they've left. So we wanted to do what we Absolutely. could within the boundaries and the rules. Mm -hmm. um, and, and actually even work with local law enforcement because the lineup was way back down at Dundee. So, they, <laughs> so we worked with them, and they helped us out, and they even came on um, our SRO was here, and many officers came and cheered the kids on as well. So that That's was really, awesome. That was yeah, really kind of awesome. um, So, uh, Mr. Wardle, what, there's been a lot of decisions that you've had to make in, in terms of this school. Is there one decision that just stands, that you've had to make that just stands out to you as the most difficult one or the one that kind of really hurt you the hardest when you said, like, okay, this is something I, I need to uh, make a decision for? Um, that's, a good, that's a good question. Um, I, I think one that comes to mind right away was having to cancel prom last year for upperclassmen. I knew that that is something that so many kids look forward to. Um, and so that, that was, you know, a moment in time. There were moments in time. A moment in time when I uh, had to kind of announce after the governor had made the bigger announcement, but that, yeah, we were closed for the rest of the school year. It, was, it seemed so finite at the time. Looking back, it seems like that was only a few months, and we've lived through this now for you know, another six months. But at the time, that was just seemed... So final um, and so out of out of context there. Um, I think coming, uh, you know, coming this year, trying to find a way to get as many students here as possible, and saying, you know what, we we can't do more than a third of the time. The first iteration of bringing students back was, you know, three groups: yeah. the Bears, Blackhawks, and Bulls that we had, um, hoping to get to half, but realizing, man, with the limitations we have of people and and during lunch hours and passing periods and such. I can't even get more than a third of the time and having to say, yep, we're going to go with that one third as the maximum amount. Mm. Um, personally, I think, and yeah, professionally, that was, uh, that was a hard call to kind of have to admit this is the most we can even do is a third of the time. 
Yeah, uh, have you heard anything from from the state government as far as far as getting teachers like safely vaccinated? Because that, that could definitely help get more uh, people into the school. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, we are now into one B, and one B includes uh, educators. Um, we have been in close contact with um, Cook County Department of Public Health. Uh, we've asked to actually be a vaccination site, which would make it really easy for our staff to be able to do that. You know, Buffalo Grove and across the district. Um, Cook County is a little behind some other counties right now, just because it's such a large county and the population is obviously with the city of Chicago in there is so large. Um, but we are very hopeful to have that done in the next few weeks. Oh, yeah. Well, that sounds like good news. Yeah. What could be good news? Um, a question I have, I know you mentioned prom. Was, or have there been any normal events or traditions that have happened in the past that you're hopeful you can bring back this year? Um, yeah, you know what? A, a big one would be graduation. I really believe we can do graduation this year. Um, it still may look a little bit different, but still a lot of the traditional aspects mm-hmm. of crossing a stage, getting your diploma in a public arena, it'll have to be outside. There's no way we can do it inside and adhere to guidelines and be safe. Um, but I think we can probably do that at our, on our stadium. Um, and even with the guidelines as they currently exist, we can have some level of graduation outside, I think as we continue to expand a little more, we'll be able to get the entire senior class at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very hopeful that we can um, have that tradition. Um, I think some, you know, some of the, I mentioned prom, I don't think we can have a dance um, and be close <laughs> uh, in the way the dances are um, just yet. But we had, you know, like the senior class put on a senior sunrise. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had about 150 seniors come this fall it was freezing cold. We gave out donuts, um, and they just, you know, they were just together at Buffalo Grove at the stadium. Um, and just the community, the conversation, the excitement to see each other um, was kind of special. So mm-hmm. would we do something like that again? Maybe. Yeah. Um, I think there, again, there's some more innovative. The, the walkathon was just a great event. Um, I think a lot of pride was put in those kind of things that can be done and done safely even in this environment. Yeah, one nice thing I've really noticed about BG is the possibilities that reside within this area because mm-hmm. um, obviously we, as you said we have the huge you know football field we have obviously the fields in back like baseball and everything and i feel like that really allows a lot to happen within this plot of land that otherwise wouldn't be able to if we didn't have that so that's one yeah. nice thing i've noticed about bg yeah, and if, if this had been any other year, we would have had a big freshman back-to-school barbecue. We would have had pizza, burgers, everything. But, uh, but we do have that area. We do have that you yeah. know, a larger facility. Um, and, uh, you know, fireworks over, over the homecoming weekend, those kind of things that uh, we will get back to. But I think we'll find some new traditions. And everyone in this room, you know, being uh, junior and freshman, will have a part of that. Hey, what yeah. are some things that you want to try to do? And it's, let's make them happen. And we... As an administration, one of our goals we talk about all the time is get to yes. When there's a request, a new idea, a philosophy, um, an event you want to try, the answer is going to be yes. We have some of workout details, but we will get to a yes somehow. Um, this, is, this is your school. It's not my school. It's your school. What do you want? What outcomes do you want to have? What do you want to have for memories? And let's figure out a way to make that happen. Absolutely. Yeah, I believe that's an important aspect of kind of being in charge of a school like this is making sure that there's a lot of student involvement with certain things that are done. And I, I appreciate you wanting to make things happen as much as you can. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a big thing. Yeah, one thing I've noticed um, about this school in particular 
is the fact that it's based more around the students than it is the teachers who run it. It's almost like the teachers and the people in charge are there more for the students, which is not something I've seen as much in other schools I've been in, which is a really big, nice thing. You know, it's more centered around the students. Yeah, you know, I'm fascinated that you actually say that, being a freshman, um, people don't know, you know, who's talking, but you know, Spencer being a yeah. freshman, you said that, um, and not being in person as much, you know, oh, yeah. um, yet as you will be, but that is definitely a change. I think for years, I mean, I'm talking like decades and decades, even since the early 1900s when education was really more about a factory model to, um, to help, uh, you know, young Americans know how to follow a schedule, fall in line, rigid rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, um, looking at motivations that are extrinsic, not intrinsic. And for years, we've had students come to our building and say, here's our model. You students come and fit into what we do, and then you'll be successful. And I say in the last, especially with our superintendent, Dr. Schuler, um, you know, his tenure here, last, you know, 15 years or so, we've tried to flip that and say, we want our school to, we will be moldable and adaptable to what you want as a kid. Um, what pathways, three years ago, we didn't have a health careers pathway, mm-hmm. but a lot of kids were interested in health careers. And so we adjusted and adapted and got some new courses and connected with some um, higher ed institutions. And now we have a pathway from the biggest ones we have, a law and equity pathway, which is new. Some of the manufacturing that we have going on here, this path, we're talking about this, we're in a room, a podcast room, which didn't exist until what, two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, because we wanted to get this going and you guys are back in school and it's like, yes, you want to do a podcast? We'll, make, we'll give you a room. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to adapt as large of an institution as education is. I really believe we need to adapt to you as students. Um, and 10 years from now, I hope it's way different than it is right now because we'll adapt mm-hmm. to that generation and what kind of what they need and, and what their passions and desires are. So um, I feel encouraged actually that, uh, that you mentioned that you have felt at least a piece of that already. Oh, yeah. And one here. thing I really like about the school in general, as you stated previously, is the overall feeling that what you guys are really trying to do is equipped us for future jobs. That's like a big thing. And that's something I, I really had did not notice, you know, previously a lot in like middle school, more particularly. Some of the things I was learning, I was like, is this, why am I learning, is this really gonna help me mm-hmm. in the real world? And that's not something I've noticed here. And here, you know, that you, as you said, you have a lot of different pathways for a lot of different things, along with a very good education, even in the core subject, that I really felt will help me. Um, I think that's a big thing. I think that's a really key aspect of school, equipping, uh, excuse me, equipping the youth for future jobs, and I feel like that should be its main focus, and that's what the main focus here seems to be, along with providing good education. Uh, I, I agree with you. I'll be quick. Obviously, I think there are two things that if we, we need to do this as an educational institution in the Buffalo Grove. Um, one is allow you guys to think on your feet and be innovative. Um, and you know, for years they've been saying the jobs that will exist 10 years from now, 90% of them have never even been invented just now. That continues to be true even more so now than ever before. So that's in one way, you know, our model can't just say, hey, become a lawyer, a doctor. Um, think about the most influential people right now in our country and they're innovators. They're doing things that have never been done before. Yeah. So let's think like that. The second thing, and I think almost, I would say even more important than that is how do we work with people that are not like us? How do we um, come together as a community, whether it's based on race or you know, ethnicity or level of income, where we live geographically, 
that we understand how to work together as a team because America is blended and, and America is, is, is fraught with incredible amounts of opportunities if we can break down walls and barriers. And so I hope that this place as Buffalo Grove High School is a place that we learn to break down those wall and barriers and truly understand all of us and what we have uh, when we come together. So Absolutely. I hope yeah. those two things are really yeah. the underlying components of what education is all about. Yeah, so I think we have time for a few more questions before we get into our new segment, which is Trust Your Gut. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, so uh, one question I have for you is, um, obviously you, you were a high schooler as well, so what, uh, what was high school like for you, and have you tried to incorporate a lot of the things you liked about high school into the high school that you're running now? Um, yeah, I, I loved high school. High school was a, it was a great time for me. I still have a lot of my close friends um, are my high school friends, even more so than my college friends in my experience. I grew up in this area. I went to Palatine High School. A lot of my friends uh, from Palatine are also back in the area. Um, yeah, I, I, the school was the center of my social life. And so that's one area that I want our school to be is a, a center that, you know, I, it's safe. I can come here. Um, I can find something that I enjoy doing and others that enjoy doing the same thing and do that together here. Um, and so one way I can maybe one just small way to answer your question. Um, we have, uh, every year I feel like we have five or six or seven new clubs that are starting. Mm -hmm. If you have an idea and you want a club and you can get a sponsor, we have a club, you know, so let's find ways to find a sense of community for every single student. Uh, that's here. something that was, I think, important to me when I was in high school. Yeah, absolutely. And one question I actually have, kind of relating back to the coronavirus talk, mm -hmm. what is one thing you miss from the normal type school year that we saw at the beginning of last year and previously before then? Oh, what do you really miss? I could probably talk for an hour about <laughs> the things that uh, I miss. You know what? Um, I miss, uh, I'll use an athletic example in this case. Man, I miss the students uh, from Grove Street, which is what we call our student area at the football field. Friday night lights, um, you know, fans in the stands, the band's playing, we have a close game, we win, they're lined up, we run onto the field, we, you know, high-five all, all our friends, um, we listen to Coach Vilt give his post-game talk together, and everyone's just kind of, you know, kind of uh, has a, a great end to the week together and celebratory. Um, something about, about that, you know, that's one environment, but that Friday night lights experience, uh, is certainly one um, that, I, mm. that I miss. You know, one that, that comes to mind right away too is we have a, a, a number of amazing traditions, um, but we have an incredible winter concert that incorporates oh. the choir and the band uh, and the orchestra. And it's and they do a, such a fun job, and it's great for kids. You can bring your family. They have all kinds of incredible themes. Um, and the talent in the fine arts in this building is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, and I missed just, I'm like, why would anyone pay to go downtown $100 to go to a concert? And you can go for free right here with people that you know that are so incredibly talented. So mm -hmm. I really miss just enjoying the beauty of music and the fine arts um, here as well. Sure. And would you like to ask another question? Uh, well, yeah, I can ask another question, or if, uh, if you think it's a good time to start the, the, new, the new segment, we can get into that, whichever one you think would be. Sure. Well, in terms of a final question for this segment in particular, I guess one big thing that really comes to mind is how do you maintain positivity, which I'm, you are definitely emulating, you're right, <laughs> very positive person, I can tell. How do you maintain so much positivity in a time so challenging? I guess it's good. 
Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and it's kind of a personal question, I think, um, as well as professional. One, um, I surround myself with positive people. Um, certainly my family at home, um, close friends, you know, even during, during non-pandemic times, I have a group of, of uh, friends that I know well that we get together for coffee before work uh, once a week. Um, it's 5.30 in the morning. It's crazy early, but we just kind of talk about life and encourage each other, um, being a worker and a dad and a husband and all those kind of things. Um, so we continue to do that. We've done it on Zoom. We've done it uh, in, in houses and basements, you know, we try to be quiet while the people are sleeping. But So I surround myself with positive people. And, and I strongly believe that if you want to know the kind of person you're going to become and you will look like five years from now, you take a look at your five closest friends right now. And that, that is the mirror to which you're going to look like because I feel like you really, we become like the people around us. So that's surround myself, um, I think, with, with positive people. And um, just continue with the, a vision and a hope. Like, I just, I, I know that mankind and, and that I know that us as a school, um, we will get back there. I know there's hope there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and just keep kind of reminding myself that we're going to get through this. Let's take the positive we can come from this. Um, and let's do it together because I love doing things kind of uh, together as a as a whole. Absolutely, yeah, I, I think that can perfectly wrap up this discussion with with our last point, which is, um, what is a piece of advice you want to give to any students that are listening to this right now that maybe they're they're struggling or or maybe they're not struggling? But what is a piece of advice you want to give to any students that are dealing with the current conditions? You know, what? I would say if you can safely do it, come to school. Come to school. Uh, we can the relationship, the connection you can have when you're face to face is one important aspect. Not just with your teachers, but with other friends, people in classes. Um, you know, this is we have really pared down education to the foundation. We still have schedules, we still have bells, we still have classes, we still have grades. We have all the things if you've pared it down. What's missing is relationships. And frankly, it's kind of miserable without the relationship side. Yeah. And so we will get back to normal the, the closest and, and the sooner that we can get more people together, having that sense of a community. Um, so I would just implore any students that are listening, um, come, even, if, even if it's from one class, you're like, oh, I'll try one class and then try two. Before you know it, you're going to be here because you're going to have, and you're going to invite your friends to come. So mm-hmm. come to school. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm already seeing a lot of that. People are, are getting their friends to come. Oh, yeah. And those friends are getting their friends to come. Yeah. So it's a great thing that's happening. Sure. So, Spencer, are you ready for, for our new segment, Trust Your Gut? I think we're ready. Introduction. You do questions. All Let's right. get into this. So, Mr. Wardle, before we get this interview, we want you to be the first guest of many, God willing, on a quick segment we would like to call Trust Your Gut. Where we are going to ask you a series of questions that you need to answer as honest as possible and as quickly as possible. So that being said, let's get started. All right, don't delay. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. What is one thing people get wrong about you? Um, they, I think they think that I'm uh, a conservative in all things. Hmm. Two. What is one thing that is on your bucket list? Um, definitely to jump out of an airplane. With the parachute. With the parachute. Let me make sure that's clear. We would hope. All right. As a student, what was your favorite subject? Uh, history. History. Yeah. I became a math teacher, but history was actually my favorite in high school. 
All right. Uh, what is one thing that you do regret not doing as a student? Um, getting involved outside of, I was an athlete and I loved sports, but I also really enjoyed like acting. Uh, I did it in junior high and in high school, I kind of gave up the whole fine arts side. Um, I really wish I had stayed involved to some level in that side. All right. And we're going to end it off on, on a nice note. After a long morning of work, what is your go-to place to get a nice lunch from? Oh, there are, there are many, but the Capri Deli, uh, on Dundee and Rand in Palatine, you can't go wrong. I've never Absolutely. been there, but oh, I'm going to keep that in the back of my head from now on. Yes, Capri Deli. Well, I, I think that, that wraps up our conversation with Mr. Wardle. We, we got to hear some great things about how we're adapting to the virus, about plans we have for the, the rest of this year. Um, and I think that this was a great conversation, and we're going to end it off here. So thanks to everyone who was listening to this conversation. And we'll see you again when we have our next discussion with whoever our next guest is on the podcast. Thank you for listening.